This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. So someone reaches out to me on Twitter yesterday and asks, Hey, whatever happened to your hashtag our team, not his column? Anytime anybody asks about this column, I get all cringy because it seems like 90% of anyone who ever brings it up didn't know in the first place what it was about. So I have to go on and explain this and that and whatever else. But that's not what this individual was asking. They just wanted to know where it was. Like, it had dropped entirely off the DK Pittsburgh Sports website. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins. Right where you found this. And right where this column was found was exactly where I knew it was. We switched websites completely, servers, the whole deal, in September of 2020. So anything that we published before that, it still exists, and it was still actually available online. A couple of resourceful people were able to find it and share it with this individual on Twitter before I got to him. But it was on a server that the story (laughs) takes like three or four minutes individually to load. It's just there for storage purposes. We haven't migrated everything over yet. Why am I sharing this with you? Because it gave me a chance to read through the thing, which I haven't done in a long time. And those of you who remember it, this was the column that I wrote on the day that Bob Nutting fired Clint Hurdle. And again, that was September 30th of 2019. You remember it. Clint was given the option by Nutting to manage that game. He said no, got on a cart, rode out of the ballpark with a big smile on his face. Yeah, all that. And I I had had enough. I'd written for two straight months nothing but baseball columns that began with the same two words, fire everyone, even if they were game columns. I remember actually laughing about this out in Anaheim and Pirates were getting uh, blasted by the Angels. And I'm typing on my screen, Anaheim, comma, C-A-L-I-F, period, double dash, fire everyone. And even if the next paragraph had nothing to do with firing anyone, I just got in that habit. You can do this when you're a columnist and you're giving opinions, right? And my opinion at the time was that everyone running that franchise, and of course that would include Nutting, was running it into the ground. It was in terrible, terrible shape, including at the minor league level. They had done a really good job of making people believe things were okay at the minor league level, but they weren't. And when you add into that the 
Chris Archer trade and everything else. Nobody wants me to go over this stuff. You know what I'm talking about. They just needed to go. They just needed to go. And when it became clear that Hurdle was the only one who was going to go, I felt like in the role of sports columnist, in the role of having a voice and the ability to express an opinion on sports in our area, that if I was going to burn bridges, this was going to be the right time and the right situation. You don't generally like to do that because you, you know, you got to do this for a long time and you don't lose your credential or anything weird like that, but it, it can become difficult for people to cooperate with you. They're human, you know, but this was, this was the figurative bridge too far. I'd seen enough. And I wrote the piece that I did reminding people, fans, season ticket holders, people who'd given up on the franchise, people who were too angry with the franchise to spend even a penny, reminding them that the Pirates belong to Pittsburgh, not to Bob Nutting, and that people still can effect change to a degree. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Now, the type of change that you can affect as a fan or that someone like me in the media can influence uh, doesn't involve, does not include forcing an owner to sell. Just can't do it. Just can't do it. Nothing you can do. You could boycott. You could wear bags over your head. You're not going to pull it off. You're just not. There's just way, 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 way too much money involved. And look, be serious. If you owned a big league franchise in any sport, in any city, and you knew that at the end of the day, you're going to end up getting a check from somebody that's in the range of a billion, billion and a half, two billion, whatever it ends up being, you can swallow a lot of pride and a lot of criticism and protests and bags overheads and whatever else. So you can't get rid of the owner. You can effect change. And that's what that column was about. It was challenging not just fans, but local politicians who'd been, uh, I want to say completely silent. They weren't completely silent. They would complain about this, but only behind the scenes, like they'd never do it publicly. I mentioned sponsors. I mentioned the Chamber of Commerce. I mentioned absolutely anyone of authority or influence in the community who could do something about taking back this franchise from a guy who I wrote in this piece had just shown himself to be an irresponsible steward. And that's all he is. Bob Nutting. He is a steward of the franchise. This is something I've spoken 
directly to his face. Talk we had in Bradenton a few years back. People of Pittsburgh own this franchise. Franchise can't be moved. Get that out of your head. Pirates will never, ever, 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 ever be moved. This is the franchise of Roberto Clemente. There's a Roberto Clemente day around Major League Baseball. There can't be a Roberto Clemente day without a Pittsburgh Pirates. Just can't. Besides, you know, all the people that would have to approve such a move would also have to explain how in the only three years where this team did make the playoffs out of the last 30, the stadium was packed and throbbing. And it obviously could never, ever be a stadium issue like what we're currently seeing in Oakland and in St. Petersburg. Pirates aren't going anywhere. They're your team. They're your team. So this column goes out. It goes viral isn't even a sufficient word. It went crazy. I was not expecting that. Although we made it free, we still are a subscription site, and there is a perception that's out there that you can't read our content, that it's like verboten, you know, if you're not a member. And, you know, most of the time that's true, but people won't even go to it when the stuff is labeled as free. But this this was an exception to everything. This took off unlike anything I'd ever written. And it <laughs> it gained some kind of momentum, to say the least. The very next day, I got a letter from Mayor Bill Peduto, and I ended up writing a follow-up about that, about what can be done from him. And this just kept going. It was snowballing, radio stations, etc. Long story short, another month and a half goes by, and nothing fired everyone. He fired not just all of his baseball ops, Chiefs, he fired Frank Coonley from the very top. And even though I'd included Coonley's name in that column, that was one I never saw coming. I thought him and Frank were going to go into eternity together. They were all gone. All of them. Just like that. And I've had people oh boy, this is pretty common, send stuff my way. Why did you change your tune? Why did you drop the our team, not his? I didn't. I never will. It's always our team, not his. And he's got a long, long ways to go to prove that he's the right owner for this franchise or any franchise. But what that particular thing was all about was firing everyone. He, the owner, was never going to be fired. You can't fire an owner. So fire everyone meant the GM, the assistant GM, all those people. And he threw in the team president and a bunch of others as well. All gone. And then from there made what I think most people who follow the organization closely would agree are some pretty good hires. Now, Ben Charrington and Travis Williams, and those are the only two guys that Bob hired, but Derek Shelton and everybody else that have been hired since by those gentlemen have a lot to prove. They're off to a peripherally encouraging start, but until that stuff makes it to Pittsburgh, you don't know. You don't know. But his firings, nuttings, were as resounding as it gets. 
and his hires were almost universally applauded even by his most ardent critics. So did I change, as some people would say, that you changed your stance, you changed your tune on the pirates. You don't take a stance on the pirates. You take a stance on how they're being run. You don't take a stance on whether or not you like them or not. That's got nothing to do with anything. There's no stance on the pirates. There was a stance that was taken on management. Anyway, I did go and find this column on the old server, and I did migrate it late last night onto our new and regular site. Wherever it is that you find this podcast, I'm going to include the link to this new version. You'll have a really easy time accessing it, reading it, and then calling me all kinds of names about it afterward. When we come back, just one question. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. Time for just one question. And this relates to the show we did yesterday uh, in which I asked who was the greatest Pirates pitcher of all time, a question that will probably be forever without an answer. And I came to the conclusion, at least on my own, that Babe Adams should be that guy. Heard back from a lot of listeners who echoed the Adams pick, even though it's been a uh, hundred years and change since he was uh, throwing a baseball around here. And there were others that took up the cause of a few uh, honorable mention type pitchers that I added into the mix. But a couple of you brought up guys that I had omitted and I knew I was going to I mean it's 136 years of history it's still nobody that I would put over Babe Adams but today's J1Q in that spirit comes from Bob Elliott who asks as a fellow Pirates history geek myself I love the podcast what about Sam Lever, Deacon Philippe or even Wilbur Cooper I think you're right about Babe Adams being number one but these other old guys could round out the all-time rotation throwing Maybe John Candelaria in there somewhere. Only two relievers, I'm thinking, Alroy Face and Kent DeCalvey. The guy that you mentioned there as a starting pitcher that jumps out, Bob, and the one I really missed on yesterday was Wilbur Cooper. Uh, He pitched, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, from 1912 to 26. He was a lefty, 13 years in Pittsburgh, you can make a case that he was the best pitcher in franchise history. Won 20 games four times, uh, three of those in a row. And, of course, since he was with the Pirates in 1925, it also means he was part of a World Series champion. 
that's somebody I definitely should have had in a mix. And you know what? I'll also pay a special nod to the great Elroy Face. Did something in the 1960 World Series that no reliever before him had ever been asked to do, where he just had an entire championship series against an all-Hall of Fame lineup put on his not-all-that-broad shoulders. Uh, the Pirates would get through about four or five innings with a lead, and they'd be like, hey, Elroy, it's your game, man. And he'd be like, what? I pitched last night. No, he didn't say that. <laughs> he would just mow them down the rest of the way. Talk about overusing a bullpen guy. Wow. A couple others mentioned Doc Ellis. Doc Ellis is famous for the the alleged LSD no-hitter. You know, we're getting into just dropping names now. Um, and I say that respectfully. He was a good pitcher at times. He wasn't a great pitcher, certainly not over any sustained period. The history doesn't lie here. The Pirates have never had a great pitcher. It would be stunning if a great pitcher emerged from the field that they currently have, but then, you know, you never know. I mean, there is some arm talent in the system. There's definitely some smarts and some poise, but having the raw material and being able to develop it are two different things, as we've seen over the years. And I'd have to have almost as much faith in Oscar Marine and the pitching system as I would in the pitchers themselves. And I got to tell you, I'm real low on the former. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody. Everybody reaching out about that show yesterday. We should do another one like that. If you think of any ideas, seriously, just fire them along. Wherever it is that you find this podcast, uh, if you see a comment section, whether it's on DK Pittsburgh Sports, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's Facebook, whether it's YouTube, they all have comment section. Just leave it there. Believe it or not, I check all of them. I'm weird like that. Let's do another one of these shows on Monday. 